you so much. Um, the privilege of bearing his honor. Everyone say that. The privilege of bearing his honor. We have the privilege of bearing his honor. This morning, we're doing things a little differently. Um, as you've seen, you, you saw the finance team just give our pastor a gift from our church, from you. And in a few moments, you'll have a chance to express your appreciation to him personally. But before that, though, the staff always tries to find different ways to publicly share with him how we love him. And today, we've chosen a method that is very close to his heart, something that is one of his passions, and that's through preaching. Today, we've chosen to honor him and appreciate him by sharing with all of you how to lift up your pastor, how to encourage your pastor, how to pray for your pastor, and how to bear the burdens and armor of and for your pastor. For those of you viewing online, if Christ Point isn't your home church, I encourage you to begin applying these principles that you hear today as well. I promise if you do that, you'll see a change in your pastor and a change in you. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. We ask God that what is heard today can be put into practice. We love you in your holy name. Everyone said, amen. Today, guys, I just want to um, be brief in what I share because there's a couple others that are going to be sharing. But today we want to share some thoughts applied to our lives that hopefully give you a new or a different perspective into how you can serve, how you can best serve your pastor. I've been fortunate to be in ministry for almost 25 years. And during this time, I've worked for some absolutely amazing pastors. And then I've worked for some guys that weren't quite as amazing. But regardless of how they treated me, I had to learn how to treat them. I, I've never been called to be a lead pastor, but I have been called and learned how to submit to and lift up the pastor I'm working under. Before I turn the service over to Pastor Ronnie, um, I want to share with you two traits that I see in Dr. Joshua C. Pennington. Number one, I know that strength and victory are contingent on our faith in God as demonstrated or acted out by our prayer life and by our level of obedience. I can assure you, I can assure you that he never, that he never stops praying for God's will, for God's direction, and God's plan in this church, in his life, and in your lives. Number two, I also know that God has called him to be a leader and to lead our church, even when we can't see where he's taking us. So many times he shares his vision with me, and at that time, I can't completely see what he's trying to tell me, but before I know it, I see it coming to pass just as God shared with him. I'm going to be brief, and I'm going to read one scripture. If you have your Bible, um, go ahead and turn there, but it'll be on the screen. I'll be reading from Exodus 17, 9 through 13. So Moses told Joshua, have some men ready to attack the Amalekites tomorrow. I will stand on a hilltop holding this walking stick that, that has the power of God. Joshua led the attack as Moses had commanded, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur stood on the hilltop. The Israelites outfought the Amalekites as long as Moses held up his hand, arms, but they started losing whenever he had to lower them. Finally, Moses was so tired that Aaron and Hur got a rock for him to sit on. Then they stood beside him and supported his arms in the same position until sunset. That's how Joshua defeated the Amalekites. Pastor Ronnie, would you come up here for a second? I've uh, had the fortune to go to the gym a few times with Pastor Ronnie, and he's a, he's a pretty stout dude, so he's going to help me out. These are 10-pound weights. If you would uh, extend one arm out to the side, 
and the other arm out to the side. Um, just give it up for Ronnie real quick. He's a, he's a stout guy. Moses was accompanied by Aaron and Hur to the top of the hill to watch the battle and to pray. At this point in life, he couldn't personally take part in the fight, but he could pray for those who were taking part. His prayer was as essential to success as Joshua's warrior's fighting prowess was to the battle. Are you all right? You good? You need some help? Could you use some help? Pastor Sean and Danae, would you come up here? Pastor Sean, get that stool over here. And um, they're going to show you what we need to be doing on a daily basis for our pastor. Go ahead and take a seat, Pastor Ronnie. And if you guys would just hold up his arms for a second, that would be great. His prayer was essential to success as Joshua's warrior's fighting prowess. One thing that sets Pastor, Pastor Josh apart from this story is that, um, like Joshua, he's always on the front line of the fight. But there have been and will be days when he's exhausted, and that's where we come in. Thank you, guys. You can all go sit down. Give it up for these three. That, that was just a simple illustration, but I think, I think you get the point without me explaining it further. Pastor Josh has cried with us on our worst days. He's laughed with us on our best days. He's given to us, prayed for us, counseled with us, been with us through marriages, divorces, birthdays, births, deaths, dedications, graduations. The list is endless. And helped us lift our arms when we didn't feel as if we could lift them any longer. He'll rarely ask for us to lift his hands. But I find no mention in the text of Moses asking Aaron or her for help. They simply saw that he was needing help and knew that this was their battle too. And if they didn't do their part, regardless of how simple it might have seemed, that the battle was going to be lost. Church, show appreciation in the small things. I absolutely love grand gestures, and that's what we're trying to do right now. But to truly show appreciation every day of every year, we start by doing the seemingly trivial things. I don't want to limit the, the appreciation and honor I show my pastor to a single day or month out of the year. Almost every day I hear him walk into my office, and he says, Brandon, I'm going to go downstairs and pray for a while. More often than not, he's praying for each of us. Real genuine prayer is hard, exhausting work. But Pastor Josh knows strength and victory depend on our level in God as demonstrated or acted out by his prayer life and his level of obedience. I want to take a little side note. What man can do for himself... God will not work miracles to do for him. But in this story, we see that God did do a miracle. I have no doubt that, Moses stopped, that had Moses stopped praying, the Amalekites would have easily won. But I also know that if Joshua's military strategies had been less than perfect, it's very possible that the Israelites could have lost even with the prayers of Moses. The same God who gave us a Moses also gave us a Joshua. Pastor Josh knows that in addition to our prayers, we need systems, structures, and strategies. And he, as he shares those with us, I say we charge into battle, not only following his lead, but also protecting his flank. For the next few minutes, my friends are going to share what it means to be an armor bearer. Pastor Ronnie. Thanks. I needed the mic, Pastor Brandon. I appreciate that. Guys, if you ask my wife, she would probably tell you that I'm not much of a crier. And even she thinks that even when I do cry, I cry more for other people than I do for her. I don't believe that's true at all. But uh, 
I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm feeling extra emotional today. Um, that video just about broke me down. <laughs> no, I don't know about you, but the video just about broke me down. And so, but I just want to say that... Uh, I know that I'm supposed to be brief, but it's really difficult to be brief when um, we're trying to find the right words to uh, honor uh, our pastor, right? Do you agree with me? Um, I've known Pastor Josh since, I believe, the first day that you arrived in Joplin. Am I right, Pastor Josh? Right around the first day that you arrived in Joplin, and we were at Messenger College. And I remember somebody saying, hey, you guys got to help um, uh, the new um, resident, what were you, the, you were the dorm dad or the resident director, um, and and uh, his uh, assistant move in. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, who are these guys? I'm thinking, who are these cats coming in and going to try to just move in here and just start running the place? And then all of a sudden, I, <laughs> I got to meet Pastor Josh and Sean, two of my very best friends. And so it's been a great uh, privilege to know you guys. And, um, and I just want to say that it's been a great privilege. I've known Pastor Josh for, it's been about 10 years, and I've been your youth pastor for the last nine and it's been a privilege to serve under you, Pastor Josh. It's been a real privilege. This morning I want to talk about what it's been like to have, sh have shared in being an armor bearer for Pastor Josh the last nine years. So I'm going to take my text from uh, this morning from Samuel, 1 Samuel 14, 6 through 7, and it should be behind me. And it's very simple. It just says, let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. So I just want to focus just for a few minutes uh, on the armor bearer of this story. In this text, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they broke away from the Israelite army and they headed down towards the Philistine camp. Camp, and while they were outnumbered, they trusted that the Lord would deliver the Philistines into their hands, and ultimately, God did give them success in defeating the Philistines. And I just want to talk about Jonathan's armor bearer for just a few minutes. And I want to talk about how an effective armor bearer always trusts the warrior. Amen. Note that Jonathan's armor bearer followed him in spite of the odds being stacked against them. He understood and trusted that Jonathan truly heard from God. Amen. And as one of Pastor Josh's staff members, I've had the, the privilege in sharing the role of an armor bearer, and he's always had my total and complete trust uh, that he hears from the Lord. I have no doubt, Pastor Josh, that you hear from the Lord, and you have my total and complete trust in that. And I've always trusted that even though there are times that you've had to correct me in ministry, in my position, and even personally, Pastor Josh, that everything that you've always said to me has always been in my best interest. And it's and I've never been hurt by something you said. It might have cut me, but it's never hurt me. It's always been for my growth and for my betterment. And so I appreciate that, Pastor Josh, of you. It's always been in my best interest. And I'll say that I'm not, I'm definitely and certainly not perfect. Uh, and one of the times that I thought, one example that I thought that I knew better than you, Pastor Josh, we were on our way back from Louisiana, uh, and we were coming back from a cruise, and we were just about to go through nothingness of Mississippi, the middle of nowhere in Mississippi. And he said, Ronnie, we probably should get gas. And I said, I think we got this. I think we got enough gas to make it to wherever we're going. And lo and behold, 
we almost ended up stranded in the middle of nowhere in Mississippi if it weren't for a just some random gas pump in the middle of a cornfield that we that just so happened to take a credit card we were able to get gas otherwise we'd been stranded and so that was the that was the time that I could think of that I thought that I knew better than Pastor Josh and it didn't it almost didn't serve very well Pastor Josh and so um, but I, I just appreciate uh, the fact that you are able to steer us uh, in the right direction at all times pastor uh, and also uh, point number two is an effective armor bearer is all in as in this story, the armor bearer had no reservations of following Jonathan into enemy territory. He didn't even question it. And I remember when we moved to, when Pastor Josh presented to us that we were going to move to this location, not everybody was on board. Not everybody thought it was a good idea. And it, it really was a huge undertaking. It was a giant undertaking financially, financially, emotionally, logically to some people. Um, and it was just a difficult move. Yet we followed Pastor Josh into uncharted territories and now here we are and and we, we we were with him and most of the congregation was with him and here we are and we're growing and we're absolutely directly right in God's will because guess what you heard from God and we trusted that you heard from God and we followed you into uncharted territory and Pastor Josh we've all grown better as a result of it amen would you say that you've grown under the ministry of Pastor Josh here in the Galena location amen to some, the move might not have made any sense. We did lose some church members over it, uh, but however, it, uh, the whole process, we trusted that it was God's will, and we as a staff, we pastor, uh, we followed Pastor Josh to, do, to, to this new location, and here we are today. And I'm so grateful, Pastor Josh, that you uh, chose to listen to the word of the Lord. Point number three, an effective armor bearer protects and shields the warrior. I'll never forget... One time uh, when I had the opportunity to do this for Pastor Josh, we got word that his mom had passed away and several of us staff, we went to West Virginia to support you um, in that difficult time of your life. And um, it was it was Christmas. It was right on the right there at Pastor Josh's favorite time of the year. It was a very difficult time for him. And so we came back and Raina and I, Christmas Eve, we walked into the youth room and we heard nothing but just water running. We turn, we start turning the lights on and the whole place is just flooded. Um, I mean, we're standing in what a foot, a foot and a half of water. And she say that we 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 rallied together. I called Pastor Sean. I FaceTimed you, Pastor Sean. You remember FaceTimed you and showed him all the all the damage and stuff. We rallied together as a staff because Pastor Josh was still in West Virginia. He was dealing with this. We decided that we were going to shield him from the stress of that particular situation. As his armor bearers, we were going to shield him from the stress of that particular situation. I wouldn't always recommend that, but in this particular instance, we did that and we took it on as a challenge and we got, got a hold of the AG and we took care of everything. Didn't we, Pastor Sean, we took the pastoral staff, we took care of everything, even all the way up until the uh, the, the whole um, renovation of that place, we took care of it, and, and by and large, kept it off Pastor Josh's plate. And I believe that's what good armor bearers should do, to protect the warrior, to protect their pastor, and, and Pastor Josh, that's what we have tried to do as your pastoral staff. We rallied around and got it all taken care of, and you weren't even you didn't even have to worry about it, Pastor Josh. And so that was one situation where I could honestly say that his pastor pastoral staff were able um, to, to keep him uh, out of that. And so 
I just want to say this as I'm getting ready to close. I know I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I wanted to get out what I wanted to say. And so I just want to say that Paul told the church at Corinth to follow him as he followed Christ. And Pastor Josh, you've given us a great example to follow. Uh, and I, can, I, I think that I can speak for all of us as your armor bearers, as your pastoral staff and volunteers, and as your congregation, that it's a privilege to follow you as you follow Jesus. Pastor Josh, we love you so much. Give him a hand, everybody. We love you very much. Pastor Sean, turn it over to you. Thank you, Pastor Ronnie. Now, I don't want you all to be on your cell phones while I'm, while I'm preaching this word here this morning. I don't want to go home and be on Facebook and see that you all have been posting while I'm trying to preach. So... I figured I'd have to throw that in there, so a smooth transition. But uh, continuing on with the topic of being an armor bearer, uh, I'll be using the same scripture found in 1 Samuel 14, 6 through 7, uh, the New King James Version. Uh, we're going to be reading about the armor bearer of Jonathan. And it reads, verse number 6, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go to the garrison. The garrison is like the shelter or the headquarters of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. That's a powerful statement, for nothing restrains the Lord. Do you believe that? Number seven, verse number seven says, So, it is, so his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. In the NIV it says, go ahead, I am with you heart and soul. And I kind of want to focus on that term heart and soul. And uh, so I'll come right back to that. Uh, this the passage above got me thinking about, you know, what it, what it means to be a true armor bearer and like what are the qualities of a true armor bearer. And so I found this article uh, titled, The Heart of an Armor Bear, and it's by a gentleman by the name of Erwin Bongalos. Uh, I'm sure he is foreign by the last name Bongalos. So. Uh, but he wrote about the qualities of a true armor bearer. Uh, he gave 21 qualities, uh, but for the sake of time, I'm only going to give you five. Uh, number one, I think the, they will be behind me, according to what Bo told me earlier. Yes, there they are. Number one, an armor bearer rescues his leader from all difficulties and hardships. Number two, an armor bearer remains on duty as his, uh, at his... Number five, he shares dreams and goals of, and vision of the leader. I've had the opportunity to serve as pastor's armor bearer for the last 16 years. Uh, I've known him for, about, for 18 years but we didn't start serving alongside each other until probably two years into his pastorate in Kentucky. Uh, so I've kind of had the opportunity to go with him to revivals, and as I mentioned in the, uh, the video that we, we recently saw, uh, I've had the opportunity to go and, and be that for him. So, so in regards to the five that were listed, uh, number one, it says, rescues his leader from all difficulties and hardships. I tried to think, have I done that? And... Uh, I guess to a point I have, I mean, there's been times that he's, he's called on me, like just recently he called, uh, I was in Riverton and he was in, uh, in Joplin and he's like, Sean, I've locked myself out of the car. And I'm like, oh really? 
why'd you do that? You know, and like, he said, can you come and unlock my car? So, so I got in my car, we drove all the way into Joplin and I saved him, you know, he was in a hardship. So, so I came to his rescue. So that's, that's pretty good. So number two, it says, remains on duty at his leader's side to tend to any need that may arise. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we were at a small group, and uh, I was traveling, or I was about ready to come home, and pastor called me. He said, Sean, my, my heater went out. I'm like, are you serious? Because it was about ready to get cold, and it was getting really, uh, the temperatures were dropping and stuff. He said, yeah, my heater won't work. I was like, oh, that's going to be fun for you tonight. You know, it's going to be, you better bundle up. That's what I'm thinking. But he's like, he asked me if I could stop by the church and get his heater and bring his heater to him. So I stopped by the church, took him his heater, and he was able to sleep comfortably that night, and uh, and he didn't freeze to death. So so number two, I, I fulfilled that as well. Like Number three, it's, this is where it gets a little tricky. It says, completes his leader's commands perfectly. Well, if you know me, I'm a procrastinator, and uh, I tend to, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it, but sometimes it's, I like it on my terms. <laughs> you know, that's not always a good trait, but I try to do what's asked of me, and, and there's been numerous occasions where pastors ask me to, whether it be here in the building, you know, hey, can you put a door here? You know, can you put a wall here? I'm thinking to myself, well, I can, uh, but should we, you know? So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of it, but... Ultimately, I end up doing what he's asked, and because I want to be that armor bearer who, who does what is asked of me. Number four, exalts and respects his leader at all times. You know, I, I do that constantly. You know, like if, if I'm in a setting, you know, I'm always trying to uplift my pastor and not be negative, not try to do anything that would bring reproach to this ministry. And I've always done that and tried to. Uh, live by that. And, and as I said in the video, I know that he's got my back, so I've got his. So that's that's something that I always stuck by. And number five, it says shares dreams, goals, uh, dreams and goals of the vision of his leader. And uh, and I have shared that with him. We've talked often, you know, like what we want this church to be and, and the things that we see, what we want to do. And, uh, you know, his heart is is to pour into us leaders and, and give us uh, the courage and strength to to be better than we are. And, and that's basically his vision for the church, and he wants us to rise to that, that uh, what he's seeing. And, and oftentimes, when he lays it out for us, it builds, it builds that within us to want to strive to, to achieve that. So moving on, uh, I just wanted to refer to that, but moving on, it says, armor bears in ancient times had to be unusually brave and loyal. And... I think that's one thing that I value, and every time that he's tried to, when he's honored me, he's always said of me that I've been loyal, and uh, and I, I really I really appreciate when that is said of me because there's not a lot of loyal people nowadays, you know, and I think loyalty is a, a strong character trait, and 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 I don't think that I would have remained loyal to his ministry if I didn't believe in his vision and his leadership, and I think that over the years. Even for, even from a you know a young seventeen year old in Kentucky, you know the things that he was pouring into me and telling me, uh, you know things that I thought at the time I'm like who are you to tell me, you know what to do in life, 
But I also had enough knowledge and, and understanding that if he's my leader and he's called by God, that he's got my best interest at heart. And so that everything that he's ever, he's ever said to me, even though, like Ronnie says, sometimes it cuts, I never did let it, let it stop me from, from, from being better and from growing and, and moving forward. And, and that's the only reason that I'm, I'm where I'm at now is based on his leadership and his, his pushing and uh, pushing me to be better and getting on me and, and telling me, you know, you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that. And, and it took a lot for me just to, to accept that and, 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 and move on and, and grow. So, so uh, when I see his example of how he's honored his pastors over the years and how he's always said, you know, when I, when I was growing up, here's what I did for my pastors, it inspires me to want to do that for him. And that's why I've, I've remained loyal and, and stuck with him because I want to honor him in the way that he honors everyone else. So heart and soul, referring back to what I said in the NIV, heart and soul means enthusiasm, uh, interest, and energy. Serving with, with heart and soul is you have to be enthusiastic and you have to have interest and energy. So that's how we as a congregation should be for our pastor and his vision. Let's be enthusiastic. Uh, let's get on board with the vision of God that God has given him. And let's come alongside to help our pastor fulfill what he has been called to do here at Christ Point. 1 Samuel 16.21 also talks about an armor bearer. It says that David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly and became his armor bearer. So to become one's armor bearer, it means you accept your God-given duty to stand with your leader and help him fulfill the vision God has given him. You fully submit yourself to him in the process. Pastor, I love you and I appreciate you, and I'm submitted to your vision, and I'm excited for what God's going to do. At this time, let's welcome our kids, our children's pastor, Stephanie. Kids pastor, children's pastor. I promise I will keep it really, really short. It is a privilege to stand up here, though. I will say that. Um, whenever I lived in Arkansas and Pastor Josh would come to our churches to preach revivals. He was like, he's like a celebrity there, okay? I know here he may not be a celebrity, like he's our pastor and he's awesome, but really he's like the Joel Osteen of the PCG or something. I don't know. He is a celebrity there. And so when we first moved here, I was really scared of him, like really scared. I think he thought I didn't like him. It wasn't that I didn't like him. It was just like, he's a celebrity or something, but he wasn't. Okay. And so, but as I've gotten to know him and as I've, get, I've gotten to be an armor bearer and watched him, it really has truly been an honor and I've learned and grown so very much. Um, I'm also going to talk about first Samuel 14, six and seven. I won't reread the scripture for the sake of time, but I'm going to focus more on Jonathan and um, what it means to follow a Jonathan. And Pastor Josh, you are, are definitely that. You make being an armor bearer easy. Um, so Jonathan says to his armor bearer, he says, come, let us go. It may be that the Lord will work for us. In this statement, there is definitely some uncertainty. He goes on to say that um, he knows that the Lord will save. He, he's not uncertain that the Lord will save, that the Lord will win the battle. His uncertainty is in the place or the time. Like, are we, is it going to be right now? I'm not sure. There is uncertainty in what he says, but he knows that the Lord will save. And my question is this, 
Who is willing to put themselves in a place to see God fight for them? Who is willing to say, we're going to go to this place where we're going to be in a position that the only way we can win is if God fights for us? Jonathan was willing to do that, and our pastor is willing to do that. His trust is that deep in the Lord that he is willing to go and say, this may be hard, this may be challenging, but I know that the Lord's going to fight for us. I know that we will win this battle because the Lord is on our side. And I think we have to be willing in our own lives as armor bearers to be put in those kinds of positions, to be put in places that require faith. And I think Thank you, Pastor, for pushing us all, and as a church, putting us in places that require faith, not just asking, you know, as an armor bearer, we can't be afraid, but we can't also expect to be comfortable. We can't expect to be in a safe place and never be in a position that requires faith, because what kind of Christianity would that be? And as Pastor Josh's armor bearers, which each one of us are, we have the privilege to be in a position to say, God will fight for us. We don't get to live comfortable lives. We don't get to just be safe and be like Saul hanging out under the tree. We get to go to places where the Lord's going to fight for us. And what if that is our perspective? Our perspective that we're going to get to be in a place that requires the Lord to fight for us. That's just exciting to me. And I'm thankful that he lives with that perspective. I want to be in a position. We were eating with him the other night, and he was talking. And and Tiffany said something like, um... I fully expect him to come home one day and say, well, it gave away the car because he's just that way. He, he puts himself in a position. He knows God will come through and God would come through with a car. He believes in God. He has great faith. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And as his armor bearers, we should be expected to be in those sort of positions that the Lord is fighting for us. Um, the only, the other thing that I wanted to share was in verse 13. I'm in the wrong place. Uh, in verse 13, um, after Jonathan has gotten the signal, after the Philistines have said, come up here, in the word it said that when they said, come up here, that meant that the Lord was going to give them the battle. And Jonathan says, the word says, then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed them after him. What I want to see, what I want to show here is that Jonathan, before he even got to fight, he had to climb. Before he got to the fight, he had to climb. Now, I'm sure these guys like did CrossFit or something like that. I'm sure they were super in shape. They were warriors. They were used to battles. Um, they were used to fighting. But me, if I'm going to climb using my hands and feet, that means I'm doing some pretty hard work. I'm not just walking up a mountain. But he's climbing using his hands and his feet, and then he gets to the top, and then he fights. I would more like to just sit when I got to the top. But if I sat when I got to the top, I would probably have lost my life. But we have a pastor that doesn't just show up to fight. He climbs before he fights. And then when he fights, he sees the victory. And he doesn't just see the victory and say, we have a victory. We have a victory. No, he climbs and then he fights and then he wins. How do I know this? Because there was a time in my life when I did not want to climb. I sure enough did not want to fight. I wanted to climb into a hole and just be in a dark place and be happy with that. I wanted to be content with being just comfortable. I just wanted to be content with just hiding and never speaking again, never doing anything again. But I had a pastor 
that climbed. He climbed in prayer for me. He used his hands and his feet, and he prayed for me, and he prayed for me, and he prayed for me, and then he fought for me. He declared God's promises of my life over me. He was willing to climb, and he was willing to fight. And I am so, so thankful that you were willing to climb. And then you didn't just rest, you fought. And because of that, there is joy in my life, and there is, there's, I have hope in my life again that I once didn't have. Um, so it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be your armor bearer. And I want us as a church not to just be like Saul, kind of hanging out. Oh, what's going on? Who's missing? Who's winning this battle? I don't want to just see the victory from afar. I don't want Pastor Josh just to say, yes, we won the battle. This soul was saved. I want to climb with him. I want to fight with him. I want to be there when the victories are won and celebrate the victories. So thank you for being someone who fights for the souls who needs to hear, for the Stephanies who still need to heal, for the marriages that need to be restored. Thank you for swinging your sword of the spirit and climbing and fighting and for putting us in a position that requires depending on the Lord. I love you and I appreciate you so very much. You just heard what it means to be an armor bearer, and I want to end with this thought and story. At the beginning, I said that there were two traits that I see in Pastor Josh, but I only mentioned one. The second is this. I also know that, jo that God has called him to be a leader and to lead our church, even when we can't see where he's taking us. So many times he has shared his vision, and at the time, I couldn't completely see it. But before I knew it, I saw it coming to pass as God had shared it with him. This thought can quickly be summed up in the following story. I recently read an article and watched a news video about two boys in Northwest Arkansas. Rebel Hayes is a fourth grader who had heard that the West Fork High School was in need of what's called guide runners for the high school cross country team. Apparently, this is a term I've never even heard of, apparently a guide runner is someone who trains in the same way as the rest of the team, not for the purpose of actually competing, but to lead a blind member of the team so that he could compete. He uses a rope attached to a blind, to a blind freshman named Paul Scott to navigate him through the course. Rebel steered him away from obstacles. He took him down the right path. Rebel trains in a way as a fourth grader so that he can lead Paul through the entire course without slowing down or losing a beat. Rebel trains every day to keep, keep up with the older kids because he never wants to let Paul down. Pastor Josh has prepared his life in such a way that God is using him to guide us. He prepares his heart, his head, his hands, and his feet in a way that we can follow him even when we can't see what's next. In the King James, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also follow Christ. God didn't call us to do this thing called life alone. This morning, know you aren't alone, and you have an amazing man that God has placed here for us to follow. I can't encourage you enough to put into practice the principles that Ronnie, Sean, and Stephanie just gave us the principles you've been given to help protect, strengthen, and grow our pastor as he leads Christ Point Church. This morning, who will share 
in the awesome, amazing burden and privilege of lifting up our pastor as an armor bearer through this journey of growth and discipleship we call life. Stand with me, church. If you uh, are determined to be part of that and be an armor bearer for our pastor, let's, let's just give it up to him right now. He's an amazing man.